Hello, and welcome to the Persephone program for September 11th, 2020. Today is the anniversary of 9-11, which was the, um, the aircrafts hitting the Twin Towers and crashing uh, 19 years ago today on uh, September 11th, 2001. And there are lots of interesting connections between that time and today. I just want to briefly go over those a little bit uh, and just talk a tiny bit about the astrology of the rest of the month of September. And then I want to get into talking about your family and how to kind of identify family in astrology. And I'm going to use the charts of myself and my parents and grandparents and my sons as an example. And so that you can learn how to look at your chart as an investigative astrologer and identify some of the themes present. Again, I'm using the word themes. And so back to 9-11 and the themes present, uh, I posted today earlier just briefly a couple paragraphs on some of the connections between the chart of the exact moment that the planes hit the Twin Tower on September 11th, 2001, and some overall themes of 2020. Uh, So especially um, just connections between that day and this. And one of the main things that you can see and that I've mentioned before is um, Saturn and Pluto in aspect, okay? So aspect is the relationship, the geometric relationship between the placement of the two planets, okay? So in astrology, which is obviously the meaningful interpretation of astronomy, we have this maxim, as above, so below. And within the context of that, the planets are symbolic and their movements are symbolic of archetypal energetic forces at play within our consciousness. It's kind of a lot, right? So you could easily say that, you know, often the movement of the planets and their essential meaning reflects or mirrors our life on Earth. Within that context, the planets have particular forces. These forces are expressed in particular styles at any given moment because remember, everything is always turning. That's what the universe means, altogether turning. So... In that respect, um, the aspects between the planets represent the relationships that they'll have to ourselves and give like another layer of meaning to the meaning. In that way, we have major aspects and minor aspects in astrology. And major aspects often are kind of like the, the thunderclap. They represent the, I guess the most expressive of the energies. They are the most dominant, if you will. They're kind of overt, whereas some of the minor aspects are kind of more covert. You'll see them at play in a more refined way, giving additional information, but not being that big thunderclap, okay? So the major aspects, otherwise called Ptolemaic, are, you may have heard this before in my podcast, conjunctions, squares, oppositions, and trines. So back to 9-11-2001, 
In 9-11-2001, we had Saturn and Pluto in opposition, okay? So they were exactly opposite each other by exactitude, exact degree. And that happened in August, the exactitude. And then, um, I can't remember the exact date, sorry. But very soon thereafter, on 9-11, they were in still within orb and usually astrologers all argue about orb but that means that they were still close together you know um some people use 10 degrees as an orb other people use three uh but they were within two degrees of orb so they were very close we had a lot of different aspects like a mars north node opposition um and many of the similar ones that were similar to what's happening today by theme the moon um, was also opposing the um, the uh, Saturn, which is really interesting too. And we had the uh, the nodes of the Moon in Cancer Capricorn, and the um, South Node of the Moon was, um, I believe, it, yeah. So the North Node of the Moon was in um, Cancer, and it was exactly opposing. Mars in 2001, where the South Node was. So there was like this real element of like karma and and, and just sort of implacable intensity. And that's also very much present in 2020. Uh, the difference here is interesting because Saturn and Pluto were opposed. So we had Pluto as a kind of a you know, need for rebirth and a bit of a death knell opposing our structures, Saturn, which were in Gemini at the time. Um, And, you know, Pluto and Sagittarius in many ways had represented, you know, Pluto and Sagittarius. uh, Sagittarius is about foreign foreign countries and religion, um, amongst many other things, and justice. And, you know, with Pluto opposite Saturn, there was fear and maybe retribution and destruction coming from foreign cultures as represented by Sagittarius and that opposing our structures, the structures we've built up for ourselves, the World Trade Center in Gemini. Um, there was also, there's also issue of information with Saturn and Gemini. Saturn and Gemini can be very much about um, not getting information straight or having a hard time with information or or even covering information up so i know that there were a lot of things about information coming to the government about the potential for terrorism or a terrorist strike and not being covered up that's very much in keeping with with this placement my own mother had saturn and gemini and she would always talk about you know when i would give her heck for just not talking to me about her feelings or what she thinks about intimate things. She looked at me and she said, well, you know, I have Saturn in Gemini, Michelle. (laughs) And I myself have Saturn in the third house, the natural house of Gemini. So I kind of understood. That was what she used to do for me was just give me these shorthands, these astrological shorthands, which you can use too. And I just knew, you know, there was so much meaning behind that. And I understood that. That doesn't mean that you don't or you cannot communicate because wherever you find Saturn, you find the potential for mastery through challenge. Back to now, Saturn, Jupiter, um, 
We also have Pluto in Capricorn. It's a lot. There's a lot going on right now. And, um, you know, instead of, to be honest with you, like if we're looking at Pluto as, you know, as the wrecking ball, you know, everything's all in Capricorn here where we have some issues around our own government. And I think that the problem is actually at home instead of in a foreign country at this time. And I think that you guys can see that. But rather than go into 9-11 in depth um, today, there are many, many wonderful um, articles out there by incredible astrologers who are very articulate and sort of break it all down. I want to say that there's a connection between then and now. And what we need to safeguard against is that we don't have our freedoms and liberties taken away by our own government. Okay? And I'm like, listen, whether you, you probably don't, um, support Trump if you're listening to this, but if you do, fine. You know, I don't want to take your liberty away. I want a government where there is liberty and justice for all, an inclusive government. And I've made it really clear uh, in many ways, you know, why I don't support the current administration and why also I have great hopes for the future and change. So that's just a little aside um, on 9-11 and I want to mention that um, today the sun is opposing Neptune. Um, There's actually kind of a a trine going on, um, a grand trine. But, you know, with the sun opposing Neptune, it's very important that we don't get lost um, in, you know, in the Neptunian fog, the Piscean fog of what is real and what is not and conspiracy theories and various other things. Uh, Just recently, we had Mercury entering Libra and Venus in Leo. On the 9th, Mars finally stationed retrograde in Aries. And um, today, the sun opposes Neptune. Tomorrow, um, Jupiter is turning direct, finally, uh, which is wonderful. Um, Then on the 14th, the sun makes an aspect trine, but makes an aspect to Pluto, Um, the 16th, the sun squares the lunar nodes, which is really meaningful. There's a lot happening that's super, super important this year, like really important. It's very important for us to pay attention to this time and to make the changes that we know that we need to for ourselves. Virgo turning direct is great. It's on its way. It's at 17 and it's on uh, degrees Capricorn. It's on its way up to that beautiful uh, conjunction with Saturn on the solstice. So not that much longer. On the 17th, we have a new moon. I will write about that. And on the 27th, 22nd is the equinox where the sun enters Libra. And, you know, in many ways from there, it's going to become the most contentious. I talked in my Mars Retrograde podcast about fires, um, intense heat, explosions, and more with Mars and Aries. Um, You know, Mars and Aries (laughs) and Mars Retrograde in Aries for this period of time is no joke. That combined with, you know, the visible comet in North America are astrological omens of a tough time, especially in regard to fire, martial activities, um, and heat and intensity. And, you know, as I've mentioned before too, for 
thousands of years, people have looked towards astronomy and astrology to guide the weather. So that is the cosmic weather. It is both within and without. All is connected. It's in our psyche. We're going to be hot and frustrated. It is actually literally manifesting. And so the idea here, as I mentioned, listen listen to the podcast if you want more, but is to stay cool, to draw on the idea of coolness and justice and fairness, not on the intensity that injustice can bring per se, but on the strategy that working towards justice can bring out. So there's a little bit about uh, kind of the now and the today and the little astro stuff. and I, But I want to start in, let's just segue to Mars, okay? So Mars just finally ingressed into its retrograde or moved into a retrograde position. And something I've been talking about for a couple months. And so now it's here. And it's really interesting Here's an example of something that happened to me. I mean, obviously we have incredible fires. I live out west. I actually live in Las Vegas, Nevada, which is a a valley uh, about three hours, three and a half hours from LA. And so, um, you know, it's not far. And the fires of California are basically blowing into this valley. And although we aren't as bad as um, the west coast, we are getting, you know, a lot of the smoke and and the heat, obviously. And so I'm experiencing that too. And, um, you know, it's it's really a trip. But something that you can do for yourself is to look at the retrograde, okay? So we have this retrograde in Mars and, um, you know, it is, I think it's at 25 right now. Or no, it's 28 Capricorn. And, um, and you can look at where it is in your chart and see, you know, exactly kind of like where this energy hits you. So no matter what, whether you have a planet by by natal chart in a house or you have a transiting planet in a house, that's kind of the arena of life where you will feel the archetypal expression of the planet, okay? So planet, energy, force. Sign, style the energy force experiences itself through or expresses itself through an area of life is where it is in your chart if you don't know your actual birth time and you cannot get a chart wheel for yourself you can look at whether or not this planet aspects any of your personal planets you still can find that back to me okay so i think i've mentioned to you before that um that my parents, in, in astrology, the fourth house and the 10th house is the axis of your parents. In addition to sort of like the fourth house is like where you come from uh, and the 10th house is where you're going. The fourth house uh, represents your family of origin and your ancestry. It also is kind of a container for your self-esteem. It also physically represents your home. So planets transiting or close to the IC or in the fourth house could represent any and all of those things. Now, I know that I've mentioned to you, if you're looking for your family in your chart, that you look at the fourth, 10th houses. There are different schools of thought as to what represents what, but I've found that the 10th house represents the mother and the fourth house represents the father, but it could be opposite for you. 
depends. Um, what you want to do is look at the signs on the cusp of the ICMC and you want to look at planets close to that and see which parent represents those planets, you know, by energetic force and type more. Now, back to me. My ICMC is my parents' exact ascendance. Isn't that bizarre? By exactly, exact degree. So uh, my MC is a 23 degree Libra MC and my IC is 23 degrees Aries. My father's rising is 23 degrees Aries and my mother's rising is 23 degrees Libra, which made, which flipped their, I, I, their ascendant, which is also called the AC and their descendant, their seventh house cusp of marriage relationship, also called the DC. So we have within the chart wheel four angles, AC ascendant, IC fourth house cusp, that's the family, DC marriage partnerships, and the MC, which is your midheaven, the top of your chart and what you're here to do, okay? Like your career, also vocation and how people see you. So transiting Mars is in my fourth house, close to conjuncting my descendant, it's going to go back over it. And I've been looking at it going like, okay, what's going to happen? Yeah, I'm at home and I'm frustrated and I want to leave and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, different astrological definitions could say like, you know, discord at home, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mars in your fourth house. You want to, you know, you're frustrated. You can have fights at home. Disruptions. Um, you could even say fires or um, other kinds of fiery things because it is Mars and Aries. Uh, you know what happened? My dad got into a fight with his roommate, okay? And my dad is 80 years old, by the way, okay? But that's him, because he's a fiery fucker. He got into a fight with his roommate, and his roommate kicked him out of the house and apparently was going to, like, call the cops on him or something like that, something bad. And so he needs help, and he's being kind of a jerk, Um, which I'm helping him and everything is fine. But isn't that interesting? Mars and Aries in the fourth house, close to the conjunction. And so he's sending these emails to the family and da, 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 da. And it's like irritating and difficult for all of us. But how how interesting is that? So look at where Mars is in your chart at later degrees too, okay? Like say between 20 and 30. Now Mars will retrograde back to the middle of Aries. But look now between 20 and 30, where is it in your chart? What's going on? How do you feel? Are things manifesting unconsciously or are they manifesting externally through other people? Because transiting planets, you will often see transiting planets manifesting as external agents of that energy, okay? So if you're transiting Mars is in your seventh house, your partner might get pissed off. It may have nothing to do with you, but it's still gonna affect you. They're agents of change, these transiting planets, and they often are manifest as like immediately and deliberately as you can imagine. Okay, so that takes me into a discussion of looking for your family in a chart. So my friend Brooke Albrigo had listened to a podcast recently and she had mentioned that she was kind of blown away by someone talking on the podcast about how families, you know, parents and children, even siblings share ruling planets. Um, that isn't necessarily a truism, but 
you can find themes, especially by plant planetary themes in families. You can find a ton of amazing things in the charts of families. The first thing you should look for is the ICMC. Whenever I do a chart for you and maybe, you know, I blow you away by talking about your childhood. Well, you know, if I see Saturn and Pluto like conjunct in your fourth house near your IC, honey, there ain't no way you haven't had a tough childhood, <laughs> you know? Um, you can see a lot of different things, but the parents in astrology are indicated by the signs and planets on the fourth and 10th house cusp. I find fourth house to be father, 10th house to be mother. I mean, it's obviously literal in my case, um, but it can be the opposite. You know, you may have like never grown up with a mother and your father was the prominent person and then their sign would be up at your 10th house, you know? Um, the fourth house is the invisible planet, the invisible parent, and the 10th house is the visible parent. And so def definitively my mother was a visible parent as I only lived with my father before the age of six and never again. The sun in astrology also represents the father and the moon, the mother. So aspects and conjunctions, I mean, the sun is obviously your hero's journey and your the archetypal life force and the energetic style in which you're going to live your life, but it also literally represents the father. And through my chart reading, I have found it to be like definitive. So by sign, by especially by aspects and house position, you can see a lot of information about dad and who dad is, you know? Like I have a friend whose kids, um, she has two children and they both have the son in the 12th house. Now the 12th house, a tricky house, uh, unevolved can, or in traditional methods can be the house of self undoing. It is the house of um, institutions, institutionalized uh, people, um, drug addiction and varying things evolved it is the house of great spiritual uh mastery but oftentimes people don't see planets that are pl placed in that house these kids both have um sun in the 12th house and they both are on journeys of personal awareness due to the fact that their father has mental illness and is a drug addict um so you know you can really see a lot from the placement of the sun and the moon as well as the um, ICMC. So look for that in your chart. Um, what planets are on the cusp, what sign is on the cusp of the fourth and 10th house? And then um, could that describe your parents? Are there planets close to that? Things like that. And um, interestingly enough, if you wanna look for your grandparents, some people were raised by their grandparents or some people um, have really prominent grandparents in their life my grandparents were also extremely prominent. You can find those, if you know your chart wheel, you know your ascendant on the cusp of the first and the seventh houses. So here's an example. My first house is Capricorn and my seventh is Cancer. The grandparents that basically helped raise me, my mother's parents who I spent probably at least a third of the year every year with have um, a cancer. Both of them have a cancer ascendant. And my grandfather on my father's side was a Capricorn. So we have a lot of cancer Capricorn themes um, 
my paternal grandmother had a very strong Saturn placement in her chart close. So we see a lot of themes of Cancer and Capricorn with my grandparents on both sides. And they represented archetypally to me a Cancer Capricorn. They were the security of my life, if that makes sense. Um, they always were. And I talk a lot about it in my new book, Capricorn Rising, um, about how I was raised in a very like free kind of hippie, you know, way. But my grandparents represented this sort of bourgeoisie. They were the security. They had the nice house in the suburbs, you know, that we could go to with, you know, all the accoutrements of, I guess, physical, personal security. Um, so look to that and see, you know, you can also see themes within families like, you know, Brooke had said of with the ruling planets, um, you know, if you look at your sun, uh, the, by the way, in astrology, the ruling planet, which may not be the strongest planet in your chart, but traditionally the ruling planet is the planet that rules your ascendant. So the planet that rules your ascendant. So if you have a Leo rising, sun would be your ruling planet and very important to you. So aspects to the sun, placement of the sun is very essential, okay? Um, and strong, okay? It's like a theme for you. So with sun, it would be about like developing your identity and your ego, um, becoming a personality in your own right. You know, with Uranus, maybe it would be, you know, learning how to be an authentically, um, maybe even like, you know, rebellious person, to your authentic you, to live life according to your ideals, you know, and to go against the grain, maybe a little bit, um, to be a revolutionary. Okay, so got that? ICMC parents, sun and moon parents, so aspects to your moon. How did you experience your mother? It may not be who she was, but but maybe to you. So I'm going to give you some ex uh, examples from my kids' charts. So I have two sons. Check this out. My sons both have an 11-degree ascendant in exact opposition to each other. So my older son has an 11-degree Aquarius ascendant. And my younger son has an 11 degree Leo ascendant. So his ascendant essentially falls into uh, my son's, my older, my younger son's ascendant falls into my younger son's seventh house. And so when that happens, when you have that flipped ascendant descendant, it's like they're natural partners for each other. So your descendant is like what you want essentially from your partner. And, you know, so if someone has an 11 degree Aquarius ascendant and they have an 11 degree Leo descendant, they both meet and also desire a Leonine style partner. Okay. So isn't that wild? Like my ICMC is my parents' exact ascendant and my kids have the exact ascendant degree in flipped, ascendant, descendant flipped, which is super interesting. So let's talk about their um, ICMC. Because they have that flip, they both have an ICMC um, in Taurus and Scorpio. Um, so that's a trip. With my older son, he has um, Venus, Jupiter, North Node of the Moon, um, Juno, and Mercury 
and Pluto in Scorpio. He's got a ton in Scorpio. And all of those planets fall into my younger son's fourth house. So like they were obvious, like talk about obvious, right? Meant to be. Um, and I think I mentioned to you before, or I know I mentioned in my book, which I probably wrote to you that, oh no, I haven't yet. Or maybe I have. Yeah, it was in my cancer. It was in my cancer chapter that right before I knew I was pregnant, I had this dream about my son, Nick, that that this man came to me in a dream dressed in a Spanish conquistador's armor. And he said, I count my friend. I can't wait to see you, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And we're going to be together and it's going to be so wonderful. And the next day I woke up from this dream and I knew I was pregnant and I knew that that character that I was talking to in my dream was my son. Sounds bizarre? It was. Um, we've laughed about it our whole lives. But my son's north node exactly conjuncts my south node. And, you know, that's that past life karma in astrology. And his, um, you know, north node conjuncts my south node and... and that falls into a connection with my son. And there's a piece here where in many ways we experience our South Node for much of our life, especially our early life. And I have felt that, not that I didn't express myself in Capricornian ways or Cancerian ways or my Mars and Libra, but many of the themes of my life have been really Scorpionic, okay? And I only have one planet in Scorpio, which is Neptune. Um, and my Neptune conjuncts my son's MC. So that being said, I think that in my son's chart, that that represents his mom. Um, and so that he sees me as a Scorpionic character and, um, the moon is in Aquarius. Um, when he was born, uh, my son, my progressed son had just, um, moved into Aquarius. And, um, so there's like this, you know, even though I am a Capricorn, his moon in Aquarius conjuncts Saturn. I'm a Saturnian person. You know, I, I worked full time the entire time he was a child um, and had a career. I wasn't just like clocking in, you know, for four hours a day. Um, so I definitely see that. So there's like a lot of things that you can look at in astrology. Um, in my younger, my younger son's chart, I would say that, um, you know, it's, it's, he has a wonderful Jupiter conjunct moon aspect, which is really cool. Um, meaning that, you know, he saw his mom as more buoyant. Um, it is in Aries though, but I think that, um, in an interesting way, I feel like their, his, their dad represents that Taurus, even though he doesn't have any Taurus in his chart. Um, he's very kind of structured. He's very, um, you know, he is, a Virgo, but he is very kind of like set in his ways, you know, and he's got a ton of planets in Virgo and these Virgoan planets, um, create and you know, he's got a sun Venus conjunction. He's a musician. Um, and they can, they, they kind of like create this like real, like his personality is just extremely 
about structure and kind of traditional. So I'd say like with them, that the, um, that the Taurus represents um, their dad and the Scorpio represents their mom. And um, you can try that yourself. And then to also try looking at your first and seventh houses, which by the way, should be your, your parents, um, your parents' fourth and tenth houses in keeping with the parent and see how that fits, you know, or were your, were your grandparents important to you? You know, did they, did they, like mine were, you know, mine were just huge. And um, if they're still alive, like what as, like aspects to your ascendant and descendant could also represent issues or, you know, information about them. You know, you can take a look at that too. Um, I'm looking at my mom's chart and um, it's it. Yeah, like my mom's IC MC in keeping is um, Capricorn Cancer. And I think I mentioned to you both that my grandparents had, um, you know, cancer ascendants um, and they also had Pluto and Cancer very, very closely, you know, conjunct um, their ascendant. My grandma had, my grandparents were a couple years apart. My grandma had um, Saturn in Virgo and that hit my mom's um, son. So just super interesting things for you to look at. Like, you, you know, to make it really easy too, you could take, um, you know, the planets that rule uh, which is another kind of level of it, like what planets rule the um, MC, IC in your chart. Like my my sons would be, you know, Mars and Venus, you know, Mars, Pluto and Venus. And and look at, look at how that fits. Uh, family investigative astrology super interesting um what's happening with you guys right now where was the saturn pluto conjunction in your chart and did it affect your icmc or any of that like mine was in my first house and it's been going on for a long time so um i i, I did an entire podcast and wrote about the saturn pluto conjunction and the death of my mom you know and it basically was like exactly conjunct her icmc or her ic I see, interestingly enough, in astrology, or the cusp of the fourth house, is also considered to be the grave. You know, and it's it's also midnight. It's the, the deep, the, you know, the middle of the night. Um, so having Saturn and Pluto there was, you know, I mean, obviously, it's always a perfect storm. It's never, uh, you know, you, you cannot predict death from astrology. You can't. But you can see factors of change. And I think that I've mentioned also before that Jupiter is almost always at play because Jupiter was there too. And Jupiter is a very positive, um, you know, force. And, um, you know, we don't want to forget that death is, you know, really, I believe, a transformation. And Jupiter is all about the transformative energy. I think that it is, um, to me, it is 
perfectly in keeping that it is um, an expansion of our consciousness, even though we cast off our physical body. So in that, I think I will leave you and to perhaps check out your own astrology and look at your ICMC, cusp of the fourth and 10th houses, signs, planets, do they connect to your family, to your mom and your dad? What about the ascendant descendant? What about your partners? You know, the seventh house is your partner. Um, does that, do the planets there describe your partner in any way? They don't have to be exactly your partner's ascendant or moon or sun, but if any of your planets, your partner's planets or signs fall into um, your seventh house, it really, it's, it's a classic astrological indication of they are supposed to be your partner, you know? Um, it may not, it may not mean that you get along with them all the time. Remember, this is opposing, but um, it means that they're supposed to be there for you to teach you and to learn. And again, what is amazing about this time and about astrology is that there are patterns here that make sense and that reflect our experience. And if that's the case, then there is meaning within our experience. And this meaning provides context for us. There is this sort of like aspect of fate and free will um, which is something exciting to idea that the idea that we are here, like kind of on our own fool's journey, you know, the journey of our soul and that there is, you know, a method behind the madness and that the universe is unfolding with intelligence and intent. And this is actually there, you know, for us. It tells us more about our way of being, um, ourselves, the world we live in, our inner planes, you know, it shows our challenges, but also our strengths. And it reflects back to us how we can manage this time, our own issues. It shows us cycles that are important, what's coming up. It lets us know many different things. Um, and so I hope that you are on your own journey of understanding astrology and I would love to hear from you um, about your own family and anything that came up. And again, thanks for listening. I just essentially babble on and because I want to. I want to share this with you. That's my thing. And I'm sticking to it. So on this 9-11 day of remembrance, um, we remember those people that have fallen. And we set an intention to set, plant the seeds of hope and peace and coolness and integration and inclusion um, for our future. And so it is. Have a beautiful day. Ciao.